What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Yas here, and I just wanted to say it's great to have you join me today because I'm sure we're going to have another fantastic episode. So whether you're here for the first time or if you're one of the repeat loyal listeners of the show, I truly appreciate you. But before we get to today's guest, I just have a small favour to ask, and that's if you could just take a brief moment to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Ensure that you share it with all your coaching friends, and don't forget to get in touch, guys. Let me know your thoughts on what you think of today's episode or any of the recent episodes you've listened to. You can do this on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Once again, that's at the Coaches Net. And please make sure you do, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Anyway, on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day, guys. The Coaches Network. Hey, guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today is Stu Singer. How are you, Stu? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really excited uh, for this conversation. And Stu, just before we get into the real thick of the conversation and a bit about you, um, maybe just give a, bit, a brief insight of who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Um, uh, yeah, by trade and training, I'm a sport, um, uh, and performance psychologist. Um, so, um, that's what I do. I work with teams, um, work with individual, uh, client athletes, uh, around the world, um, in, in all sports, but I do, um, I do quite a bit, um, in the world of, uh, soccer, football, um, and, uh, and, and basketball. Those are kind of my biggest, uh, focus areas. Um, but yeah, I spend a lot of time in, in the world of, um, of, of world football. Amazing. Um, very brief insight. And I'm sure that, you know, you're going to get, you're going to do it more justice in a second with the conversation we're about to have, but, you know, I just want to kind of start off, obviously, you know, you talked there about being a, a sports psychologist, performance psychologist, um, by trade. Now, 
there's so many people obviously in that industry, but we've all got different specialisms, both as coaches, as you know, as practitioners in different aspects of the industry, and the, you know, just the coach, the athlete talent development world, if you like. So maybe talk to a little about around what that is for you, and you know, where where you've kind of stumbled upon as a specialism. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple areas that I really do feel that I've over the years, um, I. I Ultimately, I love the one-on-one work. So like where I feel like I'm at my best is when I'm working with an individual directly. Um, uh, not to say that I don't love when I'm working with teams and groups, um, and I certainly present to teams and groups, um, but I think the the greatest change, um, the greatest growth happens when when an individual says, I, I want to I want to dig in and and get better and I want to understand this and the the raw uh, experience of that is is just the most powerful. So I feel like that's where I'm at my best and that's where I focus best saying that I do work where we're looking at bigger picture. So we're not looking just at how that individual is functioning, but we're looking about how the whole unit is functioning. Um, and what's best practice for the entire unit um, to function at its best. So um, yeah, and I just really love uh, high performance. Not that not that I don't work at, at some youth levels um, periodically. It's it's a little bit less than it was maybe a decade ago. But um, it's not to say I don't do that work and I enjoy that work. But but over the last number of years, um, I'm recognizing that yeah, I really love when it's at the highest levels because um, it's just the when you fine tune between you know everybody's great. And then it's like this fine tune. Can we get 1% better? And when you do, you really can see that impact a little bit more. Definitely. Stu, I don't know if you are hearing that dinging sound that's coming through. Is that me or is that you? <laughs> it is. I think it's me uh, as messages come through. I tried to just turn it off. So I hope hopefully that that will turn off. I apologize. No worries. No worries. But, um, you know, it's quite interesting obviously you mentioned there about you know working one-to-one with individuals and i think it's a conversation i have with a lot of coaches and um you know i guess different people within the industry as, as a whole um around how important it is to maybe identify where you know where your niche is you know it, it, i think that's really key because i think we can we, we can be in danger at sometimes of you know trying to generalize too much and become a jack of all trades but actually a master of none and i think you know, one of the big conversations I'm having with a lot of coaches in particular in the roles that I do as a coach developer is around really finding what your, you know, what what you're going to, what you're going to, you know, build your foundations of your craft on. Um, you know, for me, you know, like yourself, I'm really, I'm really into that one-to-one kind of element, especially working in team environments, but really trying to build those connections with, with athletes and, and players and really understand their perceptions. So, you know, something that's quite interesting what you've mentioned there as well, that, you like it when you've got, you know, on a, in a one-to-one in particular, where, you, where you've got someone who's coming to you and saying that they really want to get into the nitty-gritty, essentially. They want to get, yep. you know, right down to the core of things. But uh, that doesn't just happen. You know, there's obviously, um, you know, some, some you know, prerequisites to that and obviously some work that goes on before before they can even get to the point where they feel comfortable enough to get down to the nitty-gritty with you in, in that respect. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what, what would you say are some of the fundamental things that as coaches or practitioners in, in your case, we need to start to consider and think about when we're getting athletes or you know participants to that point. 
Yeah, it's a it's a great um, point that you're making. So first of all, I want to like touch on that practitioner uh, and and kind of understanding who you are and what you are. It's funny. I was just talking to a professional footballer literally before this conversation. It was why I was a minute or two late, and <clears throat> we were talking about the idea of that you as a so as a player, we need to know like who am I. So yes, you're going to be judged and you're going to be, you're, you know, hey, that first touch, it has to be sharper, right? But you have to know who you are as a player so that more often than not, you're actually focused on what I do know that I bring. And I can't be worried to be a, like everything to everyone because now you're going to get too consumed by the things that maybe you're not rather than what you, what you bring. Um, and so it's important. Same exact thing as a coach, same exact thing as a, as a professor, you know, uh, doing psychology professionally with with athletes. You really do need to know what what it is that you're a specialist at and what are the things that somebody else might be better at than, than you. And that's that's OK. There's it's, it's not a bad thing to, to have other people be better than you at something. I just want to pause you really quickly because I think there's, there's a great point to kind of just tail onto that is that being a specialist in something doesn't necessarily always mean and I think this is really key to point out doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the best in the world at it it's just an sure. area that, you're, that you've got that, you know you've got particular focus on and I think you know for a lot of coaches that I've spoken to in my own experiences they they often misunderstand that actually you know just because you specialize in something doesn't mean you're the best at doing it it just means that that's where you're going to focus on. And I, I think it's really important that we kind of highlight that as well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I completely agree because, in fact, it's a, in, in a way, it's a wonderful um, way to frame the whole experience of a career, which is um, I know what I'm fascinated by. I know what I'm good at. Typically, those things are kind of in, in line. So I'm fascinated by it. So what happens is that I've accepted that I just want to continue to learn and grow in that. So of course, I'm not going to say I'm the best in the world at it, but there's a weird self-belief that I'm on that path. Like I, I, I com have complete trust in my ability to be in the areas that, that I find uh, that I do. These are my, this is my niche. This is where my expertise lies. And I feel really, really strong about that, not in an arrogant way, but in a a total self-belief um, comfort in that, in that, with the idea that because of that, I'm fascinated by it. So I'm, I'm going to read everything I can read. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk to mentors. I'm going to connect on that. I'm going to try to take my experience and take the, the uh, theoretical work. And I'm going to maybe even form a little bit of my own approach based on those things, just because I don't think there's an end point. I think I'm always going to. So and it's the same for all of us in anything that we do. Getting back to the point that you said about, you know, that deep dive that people are willing to do and what does it take to, you know, even get somebody to that point. And I completely agree with this and, and, um, and I'm going to frame it through the lens of what I do, but actually any, any technical tactical coach has to do the same thing which is that it, nobody that comes to me cares about what my title is. They don't care where I was educated. They don't really even care about how much I understand the content of this profession. They don't care about any of that. What they want to know is, can I trust you? And do you authentically care 
about me becoming better, that this experience is good for me. That's what they want to know. Once I build that part of it, once they feel that, not I build, but they feel, now we open up to anything. And it's the same with on field, the, you know, on the pitch, it does not change. That's what they want to know. So don't tell them about how many medals you've won. Don't tell them about what license you have. They don't actually give a shit. But if they can feel that you care about them, now, now see what happens. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. You know, even touching on the previous about really having that self belief and that, you know, I, I think one of the key things for me with that is two words that jumped out was authenticity and humility. And, you know, it, it, it's so it, it's so interesting that obviously now leading into creating that environment for the athlete that again it's based on authenticity and humility in in recognizing that actually I am in a uh, privileged position to be able to support you with your with your with your journey if you like, but ultimately the key thing being is I need to understand what it is that you want to get out of the process. And as much as as much as uh, you know the knowledge and the information the experiences I have, none of that means anything until I understand what you what you want me to help you with first. Uh, you know, yes. I, and I don't know how much that plays into your approach when you're working with athletes, whether that be on an individual basis or on a collective basis. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely does because the very first session that I have with somebody, I'm going to ask them that exact question: is what is it that you want from this? How will we know? that you've reached the moment where we've we've done what we were setting out to do. Um, you know, and, I, you know, I do know sometimes that I'm in a privileged spot because at that point I'm, I'm asking an individual what they want. Um, and as a as a head coach, you 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 have to you have to balance what an individual wants with with what 20 plus other people might want. And, and so it's, it's not quite so simple. Um, but it is a balance that's reasonable is to be able to say, I understand what you are asking and what you need. Here's also what we need. This is what the group needs. How do we make sure that we're, that we're aligning those, those things. And if that sounds hard, we that's like we have to go back to our playing days and say, yeah, but it's really hard to be out on the pitch and have everybody watching me and judging me and yelling at me and another people tackling me. And like it's hard for them, too. So we can't say, well, oh, well, that's I, that's going to make it hard on me. Well, it's hard on them as well. That's that's what we're choosing when we choose to coach. It, it shouldn't feel easy to do. And I think it's another really interesting thing, you know, as, you, as you're speaking, as you're speaking about, about the role of the coach and what that actually, what that actually looks, looks like. like. And I think, I think over time, you know, I've been coaching for almost well, close to 15 years now. And I think one of the things that I've kind of stumbled on now, I've come to a point of uh, consolidation, if you like, on terms of what my understanding of the role of the coach actually is. And... Yes, of course, you've got the organizational outcomes that you're looking for, the team outcomes that you're looking for. But ultimately, uh, I've stumbled upon this kind of <clears throat> definition that the role of the coach is to help the, the participant or the athlete or whoever that may be um, to get from point A to point B. But point B is ultimately decided by the individual yeah, um, and not by me as the coach. Now, I can throw in some suggestions, some considerations yeah. and unpack and you know, stretch and challenge the thoughts around it. Yes. Um, to see whether the, there's a 
a true understanding of the why behind you know the outcome if you like but ultimately it has to be decided from them and, and I, I, I've come to find that only in that situation are you going to get that true drive and motivation from the participant themselves and then you know that kind of leads me on to another another piece of work I'm doing at the moment and I'm working with some coaches around how to support players with individual development plans and things like that and you know I'm, I'm massive in my own coaching on using Q&A but not on a surface level and I'm, I'm really you know really keen on trying to get to the heart and core of everything um really trying to understand perceptions of the athletes or coaches that I'm working with and I think you know it's interesting I had a few questions that I've kind of put together that I think I thought coaches should utilize when working with players and around their individual development and, and how to best support them and you know I just remember one of the coaches in particular said you know well what if the athletes can't answer these questions I said well if they can't answer the question then they put it, it, it not in a malicious way but it just shows me they're not doing enough work it just shows me they're not putting enough thought into what they're actually trying to achieve here. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just Correct. it just may yeah. be where they're at in their journey of their development, yeah. their understanding yeah. of um, their, you know, the, their role in the process of development too. And for us as coaches, it's, it's important that we don't drive them down a path where we're kind of dictating to them what the outcomes of the goal should be, but we should be driving, you know, driving along or rather sitting alongside them in a journey where, we're pointing out some of the things that they may have missed or they maybe haven't yet considered um, on a deeper level to the point where they can start to unpack and identify, actually, this is the outcome that I want to achieve, but actually here's the reason why. And, you know, I, I often come across a lot of coaches who do go down this path of individual development plans and things like that and ask the player, well, what do you want to develop on? And the player might say, as an example, oh, I want to improve the uh, number of goals I score this season. Okay, but why? Why is that relevant to you? Mm -hmm. um, is it just a goal that you've just plucked out of the year or is it actually something that's going to be relevant to you but then ultimately because you're working in this environment not only is it relevant to you as an individual but how does it then fit in with the organizational structure and the outcomes of the team if you like so I don't know I don't know what your thoughts are on that process or, or what kind of uh, approach you take in terms of how deep and what type of questions you may ask the athletes or uh, in order to gauge perceptions and insights from them themselves yeah, no, I, I, I do. And it is relevant. The um, <clears throat> and I agree with you, it's not a bad thing if they ha if they can't answer. So one of the frameworks uh, with those coaches should be then that, like you said, then that tells you where they are. But often I love the struggle of somebody being like, I don't know. I don't know that. OK, well, why not? How close can you get? we can redo this. I often do things where I ask them, like, this is, I want you to create, I, I do something with them uh, called, uh, with almost all my individual clients, and actually I can do it with the teams, but elite self or, or best self. So what are you when you're at your absolute best? What do you look like, sound like, feel like? But it can't be outcome. So if you're a, a number nine, you can't tell me I'm scoring goals left and right. Note, how do you score goals left and right? What is your movement like? What is your positioning like? How are you communicating? How are you connected to, to your team? Um, so they're understanding the action of success rather than the outcome of success. But sometimes they can't tell me. And I say, well, listen, let's just create what you can do. We can change this. We can add to it. We can, we can modify this. But 
start where you can right now. So they don't always have a very, very clear picture. Even even people that are pretty high level can that doesn't mean that they actually have that vision. Often I'll be told I've never been asked that before. Hmm. But I think there's something really key in there. And I think it's and I guess the, when I when I'm going down these these kind of approaches and when I'm going through these processes, I'm more interested in just having something come out rather than the depth of it. Yes. Where where is just so I know. Okay, this is where we're starting. That's fine. We uh, if I know where we're starting, I know how we. I I can potentially devise what the next steps might look like to get us to where we where we've decided we want to go. And I think that 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 is the real key piece. So you know sometimes when when I get athletes or you know or even coaches that I work with tell me I don't know I don't know okay well let's look at that because what I often also find is is well that, that it's almost like a, it's, it's a go-to I don't know well mm-hmm. actually I think you have an idea you maybe just haven't been able to articulate it yet or it might be that you have an idea but you're not confident that it could be the right answer but the, the pure the pure the pure thing here is that there is no right answer it's subjective to you, it's individualized to you, it's personalized to you based on what your perceptions are and what you've understood from it. My only role here is to help you unpack it further and get a deeper understanding of that. And it's not for me to tell you what's right and what's wrong necessarily, but it's just for me to maybe point out some considerations that you can maybe develop a real strength in your rationale and your perception and understanding of what it is that we're looking at, if that makes sense. It does. To me, when people say, I don't know, um, it's an indicator. I use it as an indicator. Now, in this case, my work might be a little bit different, but in there is there's some crossover and similarity. It's an indicator that they don't want to share it and be wrong, even though I don't know how I would define right or wrong on these, you know, many of these. And there is no right or wrong. I'm, I'm asking you to def, to tell me something, basically. And and but it's a it's a it's an indicator of their level of of being comfortable with sharing and not knowing how someone's going to feel about that. Right. And so as a coach, sometimes we have to um, share our vision. We have to share, you know, who's going to be in the 11 and, you know, somebody might disagree with that, but you, but you almost have to become comfortable sharing things that aren't always clear cut. uh, And because of that, that tells me, okay, let's work on the idea of like, no, go for it. And, and when I work with sometimes, especially youth athletes, they sometimes will not want to give me that information until they have it crystal clear. And that tells me potentially what they also do out on the field or on the court or, you know, wherever they, they perform. Like sometimes you're going to have to go for it and you're not going to know what the outcome. In fact, most of the time you're not. And so you have to be able to do that. 100% I think and it just you know tailing back into something you mentioned earlier is it's, it's looking at the actions rather than the outcomes and I think this is this is really key because I think often you know especially with youth athletes in particular and you know just even on a general level I think they often associate the success with the outcome which is mm-hmm. fine and you, you know it's totally understandable because it's easy it's the easiest thing to measure right yeah um but ultimately you know, I, I, I'll share an example of some work I was doing with with a goalkeeper. As an, uh, I believe there's a there's a there's a, a method and a strategy to saving penalty kicks, right? And I've worked with this goalkeeper in particular. And, I, and the first thing I kind of on, on from the outset, I said, look, I can't guarantee you're going to make more saves. I can't guarantee that. But what I can uh, put some guarantee on is 
that you'll be bec- you'll become better at reading where the kick is going to go. Therefore, there should be an increased likelihood that you're going to go in that direction. Subsequently, an increased likelihood that you may or may not save a, a greater number of penalty kicks. Um, and, th- and that 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 was kind of the only priming really for it because often we've got you know we, and we have to we have to kind of respect this sometimes as well that and not overlook it that as coaches when we're offloading information to athletes sometimes they will take it as gospel yes and you know it's it's a really privileged position to be in in that respect because some of them will literally take it as gospel our oh, coach said this a coach means this and this is what's gonna happen because coach said this and that's fine i get that but i think it's also important for us to recognize and, and be open and honest with athletes where we can be that actually this is not guaranteed this is you know there's this is what it could achieve and not necessarily what it will achieve because obviously it's subjective down to the individual but also more importantly there's so many external interactions and variables that we can't control that are going to have an impact on the outcome that we achieve uh, and i think that piece is really key so you know ev- even you know working with some young players at the moment around when something i've been doing at the moment working with female athletes and um, what i've understood with female athletes especially um when it comes to maybe scoring goals or taking shots as an example i've i've observed that in comparison to my experiences with male athletes, there is a much greater focus when when taking a shot just to hit the target, to not actually think about actually I'm trying to score as opposed to I'm trying not to miss. Mm-hmm. Completely different mindset. And I, you know where where that comes from, I'm not too sure, but it's it's, it's definitely an observation I picked up on. Whereas with some of the male athletes, they don't mind missing the target because they know that if they hit it in a certain area, that might be a space where the goalkeeper is never going to get near it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, then then you start to think about you know the rationale and the understanding on the perception. What what are the processes they they kind of they're following as as they may be performing these actions and, and leading into that. And then it starts to make me think, right, well, perception is massive here. So you you talk a lot about how we get the players to share their perception, share their insights, share their thoughts, and being comfortable to do that, and ultimately creating a safe environment for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, my naivety tells me that's a massive part of what you do, mm-hmm. creating that environment. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what, what, what does it look like to create a safe environment for athletes where they feel comfortable to be able to express themselves, um, not in fear of um, judgment, or in fear of, you know, um, critique in a way that it can be a negative thing for them. Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, all humans uh, are very, very resistant to to shame, right? So we, we don't want to experience shame. In fact, to certain levels, shame can be trauma-inducing. Um, I'm not going to go that, like, at the moment, we, we can go down that path, and there is that does happen in in sport we've we've known but to not take it to the to the extreme but just the feeling of like i'm i'm shamed i'm embarrassed in front of my peers um and so first and foremost we have to do is create trust and and i use somewhat of a of a a formula um trust equals um competency consistency care an agenda. So if you break those down, 
competency. At some point, we do have to prove and, and make people feel that we do actually know about whether it be our, our sport or whether it be the profession that, that we hold, whatever it, whatever it might be. Do we have content knowledge? Just on that, though, I think it, it, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think there's another point that needs to be made here in that it's not just demonstrating the competency to the participant, the athlete, the coach, whoever it is that you're working with, but also I, I recognize there's, there's, there's an almost a just as an important need for us to be able to demonstrate that to ourselves that we're competent. Because at some point, and, I, and, I've, and I've had so many experiences where I've observed coaches and I've had conversations with coaches about this, where they've sometimes doubted their competency and that's had then had an impact on the subsequent interactions they had with their athletes to a point where, as an example, an athlete could come across thinking, yeah, coach has the answer, so I'm going to ask coach the question. The coach doesn't really feel confident they have the answer, so they kind of just usher the player off or it, that conversation never gets had. And well, I, I think that... I would love to come back to that point after we talk about the environment part, talk about the actual then the coach, because in some ways that coach, so some aren't competent, and maybe they've been put into a role long before they should be, okay? That's possible. But if you're in a role that you're actually appropriate for, and the belief, sometimes it's the belief, am I willing to answer this in a, in a, in a confident way because I, I feel good about what I'm giving, right? And sometimes that's, they do have the content. They do know it. They're just not confident in themselves. And this is a missed point in, I think, coach development. Their coaches need development and coaching. But let's, let's put a pin in that and stay on this, the building of trust for a moment. And then so that competency and so and competency can go back to what you said before the acknowledgement that I don't have every like it's weird but one of the ways that we prove competency is that we say I don't have every answer I don't know everything I'm not perfect either it's this humility of saying either a I don't know everything or you know I'm not going to have or b I'm going to get you an answer or C, let's do this and then we'll work through it together. That shows a level of competency that you've been there before. That's how somebody that's been there before answers. Somebody that's never been there is like, oh shit, I gotta know everything. I have to be all knowing. And they can smell it. They can just smell that lack of experience at that moment. Consistency means how do you, how do you show up day in and day out as a leader. So if one day I'm a very, hey, let's joke around, let's, you know, let's be, you know, kind of peers. And the next day you show up as a much more authoritarian type of leader. It's hard for that player to know who they're, who am I dealing with, right? Now, neither one of those is necessarily right or wrong. I mean, you can take either one of them to a place where they're probably not right. But in theory, it doesn't really matter. It's authenticity you talked about earlier to you. So if you're more of an authoritarian type of coach, my way, that's, we're going to do things very clear. I'm not fooling around. We're not joking around. That's fine. But be that. And if you're more of a you know player's coach, a little bit more, I like to have fun. I like to joke. Then be that. But if you go back and forth, they they it's like it's like feeling like the ground is always um, not solid underneath. 
just to be clear here, though, I think it's really, you know, are you suggesting that that's specific to one environment? Because obviously, as coaches, you know, or, you know, we may work in different environments with, with different individuals. So we may, uh, if you like, pick up an adapted persona in those different environments based on who's in front of us and what the environment is, is dictating for us, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's a flexibility, right? And there's also like levels, right, of the intensity level between a, you know, a U10 team or, you know, a professional side. But at the end of the day, consistently being you, the authenticity of being the who you are, people pick up on if you're trying to act like a different type of coach or if you let your mood dictate the need. So what I'm saying is, of course, like if you're if the level just doesn't warrant this, you know, bop, 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 you know, they're just too young for it, let's say. That's one thing. But if they literally think, well, yesterday I was allowed to do this in the very same moment and today I'm getting yelled at and screamed at. I don't know who who are you? Right. And that is what I mean when I'm talking about the development of a trusting environment and relationship. Um, care. How do you prove that you care? Right. So what does care look like? Care literally looks like if I see that something's going on for you. Am I going to, you know, maybe as we can aside, am I going to ask you? If I know something is going on in your world and it's your sibling is sick, do I ask you about those things? Can I can I have moments where I put aside my own need and my own agenda, of, you know, of, of how practice is supposed to go and take an extra moment, even though it's going to put us behind or what have you to acknowledge that this person needs something right now? And do I have these conversations uh, around, um, uh, you know, my my daughter's uh, uh, sophomore in high school and, and plays um, AAU basketball and and her coach is is intense, um, is is demanding, but he goes to literally every one of their high school basketball games. He will pick them up and take them to go to training. They these kids know how deeply he cares about them so that game day when he's demanding that it doesn't it doesn't phase them because they know how deeply he actually how much investment he has in them it definitely i think i think i think yeah, i could definitely relate to that because there's certain athletes that i work with at the moment that they almost they almost say to me something why, you know why, why can't you be harder on us sometimes because we, we know we're not going to take it the wrong way and it's almost like okay um and it's, it's, it's but but it's almost they you know they've they've I'd like to believe they've got that trust in me to the point where they understand that actually every action that I've taken up to this point, even if it's not in a boom, 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 kind of, you know, on, on your back kind of approach, um, is it, coming from a good place and a place where actually I just, I, I want you to get better. Uh, so even when I do come with that approach, it's like, you're not going to take it personally. Correct. You just, know, you just know that I've really set the standard of this relationship and this, this, this interaction that I'm only doing it because I, I care. And I think it's such a, it's such a valid point that you make, and it's something I can definitely resonate with myself. But again, I, you know, I guess the, the the question is, there's going to be a lot of coaches out there who are probably still maybe finding their feet in terms of what type of coach they're going, they're, they're trying to become. Um, 
and my advice to them is always similar to what you said just be authentic what what comes to you naturally if you want to be that authority you know authoritarian type of coaching fair enough there's no right or wrong necessarily but just just ask yourself why are you being that way where does that come from is it because that's what you feel is the right thing to do is it because that's what you've been exposed to yourself like you mentioned earlier is it is it a case of actually and this is something I also believe that in certain moments you'll have a certain way in which you want to deal with things that in the moment you probably can't explain, but you just know it's it's the right thing to do. Um, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again, you know, really having that reflective approach where you're kind of really constantly looking at it and thinking, well, why, why am I doing that? And how, how I behave here, how will that impact on this individual in comparison to this individual and that individual in this in this same moment? Um, so I, I, th- I think there's a lot in there in terms of really coming back to knowing yourself as an individual, and then so, how it then plays out. Yeah. So it takes then us to um, that you know we we had put a pin in the coach being essentially coached and the coach having someone that is either a mentor um, and or somebody truly kind of trained in 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 that in the kind of the development of of coaching and kind of bringing out things right and so one of the activities that I do and I do this with with athletes as well but I do it with the coaches that I work with is you know what do you value about this and again, this is one you ask people what they value and you watch the lot will just be, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily. Um, and you know, like everybody that gets into coaching will say, well, I, I value winning and then goes back to the question, like, well, why, why do you value winning? 
uh, some of like I, I value, um, you know, supporting, mentoring, developing young people. Okay, why? What? What? What is that about? What you know? What, so what would that look like? And and but if we've never gone through some of this own kind of self awareness, self insight discussion. We can get into this thing and we can be years into it and not be able to answer those questions because those questions then what do I value? Then should guide my actions. So if you were just to say to me, Stu, what do you value? Period. Not about what you do per se, but just what are your greatest three values? I would first and foremost just say my family. So one is is my family. Two would be um, health, and my health is physical and mental. And then the third would be um, the, my profession. So what what about it does, you know, like, why why do I even do this work? And what I would tell you is my actions, I do believe, would be in alignment with my values. Because every day, um, probably more than they want me to, I'm expressing and showing my love for my family. Like I openly will make sure there's not a day that goes by that I don't express that. In terms of my health, um, I, I, for the most part, start every day with, with uh, meditation. I, I do breath work. I do a workout. It's, it's both my mental and my physical, and it starts every day. Uh, I do care about what I eat. So I have a, I have a, a, a belief that what we put in comes out right so like my health matters to me my actions align with that and then when it comes to my work my greatest part of my work is not so much that i'm recognized not so much the money i make the titles i have the what's at the core of my work is that i love to help human beings find whatever it is that's their best and what they like how do they reach that point and I would say that the majority of my clients would tell you, I feel that when we're done. So, but those values guide my action. If you don't know what you value, how do you, like, then you don't know how do I show up every day? I, I think two, two key words that jump out to me and it's something that I use a lot in my, just in my day-to-day -day as well, and even with my coaching practices, deliberate and intentional. You're very clear on what it is that you're trying to achieve, but I think you're even you're probably just as clear in terms of what the actions that you're going to kind of carry out so that you can kind of get to that end point if you like um but you have to be clear on what it is that you want to achieve before you can decide on the actions that take you there so you know i think i, I guess my, my, my question would now be then you know if, if if there's any coaches listening to this around instead of starting to think around it you know well how do i define what type of coach i'm going to be how do how do i identify what i value and uh, what you know? What I really believe to be true of myself, if you like, where 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 do you start with that? Because obviously that that's a massive part of this, right? In 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 also understanding their place, if you like, in a in a structure, in an organization, in a or even as an individual. I mean, I think that this is where self insight and self awareness has to be a part of this development and i think we don't do agree you know whether it's um you know in 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 europe or whether it's in the in the us um i don't know if we do a great job in our co coaching licensure 
courses in in this development we do uh, obviously we we do so much that's about technical tactical technical tactical but the psychological pillar is not just the players it's ours as well we we're not separate from our psychology just like they're not separate from their psychology and so somewhere along the line the question has to be is like can we do like so you as a coach developer part of what you want to do is say hey you have to think about who you are you have to think about i i'm a i am by nature a pretty positive supportive person if i tried to be a hard ass coach now i have my moments as a coach when i when i do when i was coaching i could especially when I know that I've already put in the time with people, I could get on them if I know that what they're doing right now is way below their ability level, their standard, their, their effort. Um, and, and I've seen better and I know better and I'm, and, and we're there, but that's not my, that's not who I am by nature. I want to be I want you to enjoy this experience because that's the way I feel. So I have to go there. I have to go there. I know me. I have to go there. But if you don't know that, it's going to be hard. And you got to be then authentic to it. I think it's a great point. And I think, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about something that really resonated with me as you, as you were speaking. And it's about, I, I say to coaches all the time, like, athletes can only, um, the athletes or the participant in any way, shape or form can only um, envisage a certain level of potential that they can reach. And I, I believe your job as the coach or the leader in the process, if you like, is to A, identify what that potential is, but actually uh, the, the bigger task here and probably the most challenging task is to get them to believe that the potential that they can get to is big, bigger than what they can see and bigger than what you see for them. Because if if you can do that and they still fall short, they're going to be there or thereabouts. But you, right. you, 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 you've kind of, um, hmm. you've ignited that passion, that drive and that motivation for wanting to get to where, you know, somewhere they maybe put it, probably couldn't have imagined prior. So I think that for me is, is, is the fundamental key piece, but maybe that's just, you know, my philosophy and the way that I look at coaching as a, uh, as a as a as a role as a craft if you like and the mm -hmm. purpose of it i i agree with you i i think that we have to boil it down to its most um i don't want to call it simple because it's not simple but it's most clear that is what we're doing right we're i i i i have a a belief that you know a good coach can take a horrible team and make them okay can take an okay team and make them average. They can make an average team good. They can make a good team great and a great team elite. But you can't jump five steps, right? You can't go from hard, like just horrible to elite. It can't happen. It has to go sequentially. And all we're trying to do is nonstop see what's closest to the next thing. And then can we get them there? And if we get them there, can now we create a vision of what's the next step? But we have to go in sequence because if you, it would be like um, lifting weights. 
if you've never bench press, like maybe just doing the bar would be, but if you said, no, we're going to put, you know, 200 pounds on the bar, they're going to fail and they're not going to do it at all. Right. I mean, they may look at it and just go, I'm not even going to try that because I know it's the failure is so the percentage of failure and injury is going to be so high that why would I even attempt that? So we have to go in sequence. Oh, that was too easy. Okay. Now let's put this on. Right. So we can begin to add intensity over time, but we just can't, it has to be within reach. And, and I think that's the way you're describing it. 100%. And I think one of the things I always say to coaches as well is, is you know, if, if, we, if we're going to try and develop the athletes, we need to make sure that we're consistently trying to develop ourselves as well. And you know, one of the bits of advice that I always give to coaches is around, no matter what you're, what you're working on, what type of session you're delivering, just go into that session with an idea that you're going to try something something new every session. It can be the littlest thing, but it's just something different so that you're constantly stretching and challenging yourself. And that, I guess that brings me on to my next question for you, Stu, in that what, what are some of the things... Um, if if not questions that you maybe you want coaches to, to start to consider around how to elevate their own practice and how to maybe shift from being a, a you know, maybe not the best way to describe it, being a being a dormant coach to a progressive and impactful one. All right, I have I have definite answers for this. Apologize. Um, first, are you a Ted Lasso fan? Do you watch Ted Lasso at all? Do you know the show? I've I've heard of the show. I've heard of the show. I've got no I I've got, I've got no idea what the general context of the show is, other than it's a cowboy, right? Well, he's a he's an American foot American football coach that goes to Europe and is hired to be a a a, a, a football coach in uh in the EPL uh theory and uh, made up EPL but an EPL. And and um, and the idea is that he's just great with people. He's positive and he's great with people. And but there's a scene in it. The reason I say that is because he quotes. Um, now I'm forgetting who he quotes. I think it's Walt Whitman, but he quotes that be curious, not judgmental. And I think that what happens in coaching is we reach this place and this happens in all professions. So I shouldn't blame coaches that we've been in it for a period of time. And our mind turns from being uh, like curious about how we could do something to like judgmental about it. Like I already know, and if it doesn't, if it isn't this way, then then it's wrong, or I'm not going to do it. And I think that the the there should be this this way that we approach everything that we do is that hmm I I haven't thought about it that way. I haven't seen it that way. Why are you recommending that? So I'd rather just be curious than judge things before I even really know anything about it. And and I just love that phrase, be curious, not judgmental. So the very first thing I think all of us as coaches so that we don't go dormant or we don't stay level at what we are is, is try to move into that curious um, mindset rather than the judgmental mindset. But taking it a step further is you know, again, everything that we ask of our athletes, are we asking that of ourselves? So if I think of myself as a lifelong learner, and I do, I think it's fun to think about that. No, I, I use this all the time. If you would have asked me, am I good at what I do five years ago? 
I would have in a in a um, humble confidence said, yeah, I think I'm very good at what I do because of the experience I've had and the interact everything. I think I'm good, but I know for a fact that I'm better now than I was five years ago because I've learned more. And if you would ask me right now, Stu, are you good at what you do? I would say, yes, I think I'm good at what I do, but I know five years from now I'm going to be even better. So it's not that we can't be good now and still believe we have so much more to get to. Yeah, I, th I think it's a great point. It, it just brings me back to some of the conversations I have with certain athletes I work with, and I say to them that, just talk about intensity as, as an example. You know, we want to work at high, higher intensity. We want to consistently stretch and challenge ourselves, but to compete at higher levels of intensity as well. And uh, I've got an athlete who's working, who plays for a professional team at the moment, and conversation we had recently was around, you know, what, what if you had to kind of give it a, a score out of 10, one being not so challenging and 10 being challenging in terms of the intensity that you're working at when you're in your environment, what would you put that at? And I just remember him saying, well, when I first got there, it was a nine, but now it's a, now it probably feels like a six. Well, I said, well, this, this, this is the beauty of development, right? Um, that nine, will become a six and that six will eventually become a three if you keep working at it but the idea is is if we can keep working at it, at what is actually a nine yes and your nine becomes better than everyone else's correct and it, it's just about constantly stretching challenging reflecting and, and actually being open and honest with ourselves to the point where actually part of that relationship that i've developed with this particular athlete is no we've got to be honest here i don't want you to tell me that you're working at a nine when you think it's a six and I don't want you to tell me it's a six when actually it's a nine because then we're not getting what we need to get out of it. And maybe we're probably doing us a, a you know, a, a, a disservice in the fact that we're either underworking or we're overworking at times where it's inappropriate. And that therefore we are stunting the opportunities that we have to develop based on that. So, and then I think the real key thing for me, and this is what I, I try and push on to, not all, not only the the players and the athletes I work, but the coaches in particular is accountability. My job is to hold you accountable to the standard that I know you can achieve, whether you've been there or not. And my job is to constantly, in, in my opinion, to constantly take you out of that zone of comfort, no matter how challenging that then feels or looks like to you. But if I know, as an example, seven is where you're comfortable my only goal in every, everything that we do is to make sure we're always at least at a 7.5. Now that 7.5 is the figure that I'm going for, not the level that we're working at. And what I mean by that is, like I said, in week one, the 7.5 might be here. In week two, the 7.5 is still going to be here, but the 7.5 from last week is now down here. And it's, it, it, it's we're staying at the 7.5 and that gets better and better and better over time. It's just like, it's like fitness, right? You you do a hit workout as an example. You, you know you do as many reps as you can in a minute. But actually, in two weeks from now, that sixty repetitions that you did would eventually be feel feel easier. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because you, because you because you've got stronger. You've worked it out. You you know you understand how to manage that load, and whether it's fine tuning the mechanics of the movement or whatever the work rate's gone up and you know you've become fitter now. All of a sudden, that sixty that you did in a minute last time, actually you've done you've just done eighty. And that 60 doesn't mean anything to us anymore, in, 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 in essence. So, I mean, 
how important how important is that to you in terms of making sure that the players are being honest with themselves in order to kind of create a more authentic connection and a relationship with the coach themselves and what are some of the things that maybe you could suggest that coaches can do to get players to that point if 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 at all any specific um types of conversations or um maybe even actions that coaches can take to set the environment where it encourages that if that makes sense um first of all it does make total sense the um what's hitting me um is is the idea of going back to what we've already talked about so the only way to do this is through trust right like what you're really saying is you need to be honest with me um and i'm going to allow you to be honest with me and i'm going to ask you these questions and and there's a reason for it the the other part of it is our willingness to to um frame success through the lens of growth so going back to the analogy that you said with the keepers when you said i'm not going to guarantee you that you're save i'm not going to tell you that you're going to save a higher percentage i'm not going to guarantee that but what i am going to guarantee you is that when if you get to understand this that you're going to be in position more often to make saves that is that is you framed growth instead of outcome like you said by the end of this you're going to be in position for success i'm not guaranteeing success but you will be in position or at least closer to that's essentially saying this is growth but if you don't start in those places then the idea of them giving you their honest hey it was a seven of a challenge but really now if we keep doing it it's a five and you're saying no let's let i always want you to be a minimum that's seven seven and a half whatever and one of the things that i know when uh, when i when i'm working with an athlete when i know that like we've we've done something is when they start to talk about the love of growth more than anything they're they're like oh i was working on this and i got it and now i'm ready to oh we did that okay now can we do this and you see the it's it's actually a love of that because even for my you know even for the professionals there's always something that that's up just out of reach there will always be something that's just out of reach and if you can fall in love with that then you can find out what you're capable of but if but if only the outcome is the only thing that you can see you can actually become scared of not reaching that and or not getting that or if i don't get it then why did i even put myself out there and so it's a shift of focus but it's massive and i and at that point you're like now anything's possible i, I think i think it's brilliant really what we're saying to them is in some ways, well, like if we don't try, we're never going to find out. If we don't try, we're never going to find out. With it, it looks like it might be out of reach, but until you reach out and 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 and, and you know you go for it, you don't know. You might it might be a lot closer than you think. And I think that it is again about shifting the mindset, I guess, in that respect. Um, 
So no, I, I fully agree with that, and I'm I am conscious of time, Stu. So I just I just want to I yep. just wonder whether you've got any kind of um, final points that you really want coaches to consider in terms of real key takeaway messages for you. I, I would just there's there's two big things I think we've touched on them, but but I but I you know I want to reiterate those. Um, one is is that I do believe that leaders, period. I don't care if it's in the world of business. I don't care if it's in the world of government. It doesn't, you know, uh, education. It doesn't really matter. All of us that lead should do a deep dive into ourselves. If I'm not showing up as the best version of me, then I can never be the leader that I need to be for them. Period. So. You, the, your ability to manage your own stress, your ability to, to have boundaries so that you are managing your energy, your recovery, your ability to manage, manage your own anxiety, your own motivators, um, balancing, you know, if, I, if you have a family outside of, of, of this, you, all these things make you better if you, if you know you and you're working on it. So the very first thing is I, I do believe that coaches should be in pursuit of how do I become the best performer I can become? Because if I don't do that, then they can't become the best performers that they do. And, and so I, I, I think it's big. Once you understand that, the next thing is to really understand what is high, like what is high functioning environment? What do human beings need to flourish? You know, if a, if a flower dies, we we look at the soil, we look at the the water, and we look at the sunlight, right? We don't. So it's the environment that kills or or allows for the flower to flourish. We don't yell at the flower for dying. There was a reason for it, right? When we're coaching, we have to create an environment where the human beings can flourish, and there are. Um, best practice understandings. And so we can't just say this is my way. To a certain degree, we can be authentic, right? We should be authentic. But it's different than saying this is my way because your way, if you haven't really understood what are the best practices of human functioning, might not be actually what's best for them. So it's your way. It's easiest for you, but it's not necessarily best practice. And I think those two things all we have to we have to challenge ourselves honestly the coaching profession needs to to challenge itself i think that's a fantastic point and i i guess the only the only thing that kind of jumps at mind for me that starts to pique my interest a bit more is as coaches what are the types of you know how do we ascertain as to whether it is right for the individual um because obviously you know we could we could we could look at it we can we can be objective and say this is what we're seeing and um but surely the only way to really truly get to that point is having that open, honest conversation with them, surely. So so let's do it this way. Of course, there will always, like there's individuals will always have their wants, needs, their backgrounds, the, what they bring to the table. But there are things that we know that are like best practice. So I kind of lay out five places that that all coaches should know have a working knowledge of. You don't have to be an expert going back to that idea, but we should have a working knowledge. We should have a working knowledge of sport and performance psychology. Working knowledge where meaning like we've we we have a understanding of good skills to teach and implement or at least to understand. 
we should have a good working knowledge of neuroscience, which sounds like a big deal, but it's really not. Really what I mean is that the brain's number one job is to keep us alive. So human beings are ruled by survival instinct. So when you see someone extremely uh, stressed, anxiety-ridden, angry at their performance, whatever, it's typically because they feel like they're not thriving and surviving in that at the moment. And it might not be your fault, by the way, as a coach, it's, it, they could own the, the fault. But, but what you're experiencing is their survival instinct going into overdrive. And it's not because they don't like you. It's not because they're not bought in. It's not because they're a bad person. It's because this thing is overwhelming them. So we should know a little bit about that. Sociology, what we are in groups. We, we are pack animals, so we want to be part of the group. What does that do to us when we feel like we're an outlier in the group? Maybe because of performance, maybe because of attitude, maybe just because of social ability uh, or another variable. But, but what happens when we think we're not safe within our group, our pack, our team? We should understand that as coaches. We should understand wellness. There's, there are good practices typically around hydration, nutrition, sleep, stress management. These are things that we should be creating within our environment. Um, and I, I know I'm missing something. What did I miss in, in my mix there? Oh, teaching. We should understand level of teaching, right? Like it, if you have, so two things just that we've already mentioned. One is if you're teaching, you have to teach just outside of what they already know, right? If, we, if we're going, if we want to teach somebody calculus, but they only know how to do, you know, adding and subtracting, they can't do it. You have to do all the things in between in order to get there, right? We have to do the same thing with, with our sport. If, if, if all they can really do right now is potentially pass and trap, then that's what we have to do. We have to start where they are and then build, right? So we have to understand learning. And we also have to understand um, um, the ability to take, like how much information becomes too much information. I think that's a really interesting one because I, I, I say to coaches, uh, you know, I think we can very easily fall into the habit of trying to offload so much information for athletes because we've got the right intentions. We want to help the players. We want to help them get better. We want to help them understand more and more and more. But I think as time's gone on, um, my best advice to coaches is just focus on giving them one bit of information. Just one. If you can get one piece of information in, you've been a success. If you said 10, yeah. They're gonna, you're gonna get none because they don't remember a single one. And I, I think that that one piece, I think, I think the way the way I would even structure it is, have the three pieces in your mind as to what it is that you want to get out, but then put them in priority order and just only nail it based on priority. Like we need to get to this because actually this will then allow them to do this, and that will allow them to do that. So coming back to your, you know, your your your, your um your example earlier, but you know, keeping it sequential, it, it's recognizing that actually. This is where they're starting. This is where the end goal is. Now, your job as a coach to identify how many steps are there in between their start point and where we want to get them to. And if it is nine steps, then do nine steps one step at a time. Not right. Like you said, here's your nine steps. Go and figure it out. 
one step at a time is all we need and one step at a time is the easiest thing to measure as well and yes there will be players and athletes within that process that might they might be able to get the one step a little bit quicker so then you give them to which is why it's really important for you to know what's next without prioritizing what's next if that makes sense and i mean at, at least that's how i would kind of um put it myself yeah i mean at the end of the day we have to say what's digestible like what can they digest if they if there's too much they can't digest any of it and we have to we have to think about that so by creating an understanding a working knowledge of those five areas how an individual then flourishes within that but now at least we know that we've created an environment where they can flourish now this one might need a little bit more sunlight this one might need a little bit more water this one might need a little bit more soil but the the general outline is in place and and i think we have to challenge ourselves to say that i get it i get why this matters and so i'm going to put myself out there and i'm going to spend some time learning about these things so that i'm giving them what they need 100 i think just the final thing that I'll, in order for us to identify they need we need to be we need to be conscious and aware of what the variables are that can impact on this which is where again coming back to what you said earlier about the competency piece comes into is are you aware that as an example take your flower analogy that it is the sun like the soil and the water that are the things that are going to be able to have an impact and an effect on what has in how this flower flourishes or, or or doesn't and i think having an understanding of what the variables are in any given moment is, is probably is probably the key thing more than anything else and that that you know that probably is probably one of the biggest messages I get to ask coaches to consider what what is going to have an impact on the outcome that you're, you you and your athletes are trying to achieve, and how how in tune are you with those variables more than you know more than just focusing on the outcome because if you focus on the outcome you're going to miss what the variables are in between so I think that's really key for me. Again, Stuart, I'm I'm really conscious of time, but you know, first of all, again, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been really insightful, and I'm sure yeah, it's going to be fun. absolutely fun. A lot of alignment. Definitely. It's sometimes refreshing to kind of hear <laughs> that I'm not in a world of my own. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, just on that, is, is there any way that maybe the coach, uh, coaches or anyone listening to this can get in touch with you if they wanted to find out a little bit more about what you do and, uh, and some of the work that you, you've got going on? Yeah. So, um, first of all, just like, you know, typical social media. So my, my Twitter is at WellPerformance uh, and my Instagram is uh, also at WellPerformance. Um, and you know, I always say with my, with my, um, with all of my social media, whatever I put there will align with, with science. So like, uh, I'm not, I'm not just going to use a quote from, you know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo that doesn't, it, it better match what we know that the brain actually does when it's under stress or pressure. I, or I'm not going to use it because it sounds good. Um, so what I put there, I hope is really sound foundationally. Um, I, I'm certainly always open for people to reach out by through email, which is, uh, I, I think I do have those at, on my social media, but it's uh, singer at wellperformancecoach.com. And I typically try to answer or get back to everybody that that reaches out. Um, and I have I have a couple of tools that I have uh, out there. I, I created an app, um, and it's called Do So D O S O, 
Um, anybody can down it, download it from the uh, App Store, and it's about 10 minutes a day of exercises that we try to that I use with all my teams and all my athletes that I work with. And I did create a, a course for coaches uh, that's also linked uh, in my social media. Um, and it's directly around many of the things that we talked about. It's for the coaches. It's not, it's, you know, it's not, how are you going to do this it's per se? It's literally, how do you become more fully aware of all the things that you can be doing for you in this process and in this journey? So those I think would be the great starting points for sure. Again, Stu, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, hope you have a great day, man. Yeah, so do you. And I, I, I really appreciate the conversation. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.